Thank you, Nina Simone. This is Eric Mann. You're on Voices from the Front Lines, KPFK, 90.7 FM in Los Angeles, 98.7 FM in Santa Barbara, streaming live on the web at kpfk.org. And today, I want to squeeze your shorts. Now, before you think that's pornographic, it's actually talking to you about the stock market. It's talking to you about the Reddit rebellion. It's talking to you about God knows, please not occupy Wall Street number two. It is talking about fascist tendencies among the investors. It's also talking about anti-corporate fascism. It's also talking about the dangers of white populism and how it can lead to fascism. But it's also leading to how, yes, this is a legitimate struggle against transnational capitalism and a legitimate struggle against Barack Obama, who caused so much suffering to people that it contributes again to how Barack Obama set the stage for Trump. It's also about you and your money, what you should do with your money, and I'm going to make the case that you should at least consider, if you don't, putting some of your money in the stock market. Yep, you heard it from your anti-imperialist investment advisor. That's Eric Mann. After I leave KPFK and the Strategy Center, I'll probably form a company called your anti-imperialist investment advisor because I think working people need to invest in the stock market. You heard it here first, or not first. So let me start with that as the principle. I think let me start with that, about the relevance of investments And then, because I've learned a lot about investments, and yes, I invest some of my own money because I don't want to give it to the bank for them to invest it, and they can give me zero for it. But I also then want to talk to you about what's going on because it is very important, this Reddit rebellion and what's going on. It is an important development. And, you know, part of, seriously, what a communist newspaper does is 
it's trying to always interpret the actual events of the day and what's your political line on it like? Are the people wrong investing in GameStop? Uh, no, but they lost a tremendous amount of money today. So I'm going to try to explain that to you. Is it wrong to challenge the hedge funds? No, it's good. Can you beat the hedge funds? No, nah, I don't think you can, but I'll explain. There's a lot going on. So I'm going to start with the general concept of why working people should invest in the stock market and do so regularly, which will maybe get us to Robin Hood, which is not where I invest. I invested Charles Schwab. But Robin Hood, which I need to know more about, Robin Hood's been very good. You know, it's concept, of course, is steal from the rich and give to the poor. It's not true. <laughs> Sounds good. Robin Hood is an investment company, right? Just like Charles Schwab and Fidelity and, oh, there's a lot of them. You know, you basically go online and you give them your money. And then you have an account. And in that account, they allow you to buy what's called securities or stocks or funds or bonds, whatever you want. Bitcoin, I'm going to get to that too. So the general idea is I think that working people should save. Let's start with that. And the sad thing is, is the least you have, the more you should save. Because it's your only real hope of just having anything, because you may not even qualify for Social Security and everything. I think certainly for young people, you should start investing as it was. This is Eric Mann, you're on Voices. So Robinhood came along, and I think they were the first one who came up with commission-free trades. And that's a very big thing. So bear with me, because you know how I do it. I gave you the lead. I'll tell you where I'm going. But I do more propaganda than agitation, meaning it's a longer story to get you there. But I'm going to get you there. So for many years, the brokers made a lot of money off you. For instance, you would invest in a mutual fund. And that's a good idea, right? It's an investment of a lot of different stocks in one fund. What they didn't tell you is they charge what's called a load. So between the company and the investment company, they would sometimes charge you 5% the first year at least. So if you gave them $1,000, when you looked, you only had $950 that was invested. Well, where'd the other 5% go? It went to the broker, and they divided it up. So you started out losing 5% before you did. Then also the funds have fees, which you want to look at. Oh, yeah, we're on Fund Drive. Fund Drive, 818-985-5735. For everybody who calls in and gives $100 or more, you're going to get a copy of my book, Playbook for Progressives. And you're also going to get this free investment advice from Eric Mann, that's going to make you certainly $100, or could, no promises made. So please, the station, it's like Days of Our Life or General Hospital. It's always going to be here. It's always going to hang by a thread. It's a soap opera. But we don't want that. We want the new management. We want Anyel Fields, who's doing a great job, to have enough money to run the station. You get it, right? I contribute myself, and my wife, Leanne, and I are regular contributors to the station, so it would mean a lot if you would call 818-985-5735, give $100 to KPFK, and we will send you a copy of my book, Playbook for Progressives, The 16 Qualities of the Successful Organizer. 
that I'm now teaching, I'm happy to say, at Cal State Northridge. I'm teaching a class there now, Professor Man. That's pretty cool. It's called An Introduction to Transformative Organizing, and we're using my book as the text. Also, Dr. Carrie Sadamo, pretty amazing, purchased 100 copies of Playbook. She thought it was so good to distribute to faculty and students at Northridge. So it's a really important book about how to be a successful person, how to be a successful organizer, and you will get it free, you could say, with your $100 contribution to KPFK. All right? Anything you give today is great, by the way. If you can't afford 100 just call in if you can afford more. But for any contribution, $100 or more. They're trying not to have so many premiums, but I like giving this away as a premium because I like our listeners, okay? So just say, yes, here's my $100 or more, and please send me a copy of Eric Mann's Playbook for Progressives. Okay, so along came John Bogle. He was terrific. I think he just died. He set it up the Vanguard Fund. And the Vanguard funds are an excellent place for you to invest because they were the absolutely best effort at protecting the investor. John Bogle and the Vanguard funds. What he did is amazing, absolutely amazing. The first thing he came up with was what's called an index fund. What that meant is instead of saying, I'm going to purchase some of this and some of that, he just said, I'm going to buy the entire S&P 500, all 500 stocks. The only indexing is as to their actual market weight. So if the number one stock today may be Amazon or Apple and Microsoft, those three are moving towards $1 trillion and $2 trillion, maybe they're 5 6 and 7% of the index, right? So when you buy $100 worth of VOO, which is Vanguard, I believe it's the ETF for the S&P 500, for every hundred dollars, you're probably getting five dollars of Amazon in there, five dollars of Microsoft, five dollars of Apple, and now three dollars of Tesla, which is now part of the S and P 500. So you're getting almost all the stocks you've heard of are going to be in the S and P those that are top 500, as well as some stocks you haven't. But Colgate, Palmolive, and Procter and Gamble, and everything good and everything bad. Yes, Exxon Mobil, and all the companies you hate, and all the companies you like, and all the companies whether you like them or not, you use, are in there. Remember, if you don't do that, you're giving your money to the bank, and the bank is buying <laughs> that stock, and they're going to make 8 10 and 12% a year on your zero investment. I don't want to argue with you. It's my view that that's a very good way to begin is just buy the market. You don't have to know anything. The second thing I'll give you another spoiler alert is the market is rigged. Over time, it has to go up. Because capitalism has to go up, and capitalism is falling down, but its market is going up. All right, so what Bogle did, which is really terrific, is he reduced the expenses. He had what's the first no-load fund. Got it? What that meant is when you give Vanguard $100, you get $99 and, I don't know, 98 cents out of that 100 he didn't even take $1 out of your 100 He might have taken 0.02, two-tenths of a percent. How did he do that? By buying it all and not trading it. He only has to trade it every once in a while to rebalance the 500. 
And even then, the, the stocks do what they do. So that's not true. So if Microsoft keeps going up, Microsoft keeps going up. He cut his trading costs down and he passed them on to you. And these other crooks were charging you 5% plus another hidden 1% or 2% fees. So John Bogle did the great thing. That's Vanguard. And then Charles Schwab did something very good. He got involved in so-called no-load funds. He forced the fund companies to not charge that 5%. And he worked very hard to make their fees transparent. So if you go on the Schwab.com website, you go into research, and you pick a fund, it'll show you its one-year, three-year, five-year, and 10-year performance. It'll show you its load, which is nothing. It'll also show you its expense ratio. Expense ratio means, no, it has no load, but they're still going to charge you 1%, which is okay, frankly, 0.85, which is better. Uh, Never pay more than about one or one, you know, because that means for every $100, you're paying a dollar before you get any investment return. But if it's a really good fund and they're picking stocks for you, so-called actively managed, and it's up 30% this year and 20% the year before and 18% the year before, I'll give them that 1% because I think they're doing a good job. Okay, so that's the sort of basic concept. Now, some people said, well, I don't want to buy a fund, or I want to buy a fund, but I also like owning individual stocks. And this guy named Peter Lynch many years ago said, well, buy what you know. So I will give away a secret, Leanne. I hope it's okay. When Leanne and I had just beginning to go into the market, she has a relatively small amount of money. I said, she said, what do you think I should invest in? I said, well, what do you like? What do you do? She said, Amazon, American Express, and Ross stores. Amazon, because we use it. Ross, because our whole family <laughs> should definitely buy stock in Ross, because that's where everybody shops in my family. And FedEx, because she was an editor of a magazine, and I was always risking my life running to FedEx to drop off my manuscripts. And FedEx did deliver the next day. And yes, 10 years later, when we looked at our portfolio, not bad. We forgot all about it. It did pretty good. So buy what you know, buy what you like. Uh, you like Target, you like Lulu, you like Chipotle, you like, you know, seriously, if there's a company you like, if you think it's well-run, if you think you're well-treated there, they're most likely on the stock exchange. But also make sure it's doing okay. So Ross has done very, very well. FedEx has had some bad years, but it's totally a viable company. And Amazon has gone through the roof and continues to do so. So is Chipotle done very well. So is Lululemon, every company I'm mentioning. But go on Schwab or go online and make sure you look at one year, three year, five year. And if you go on Schwab, you can also show it'll say three months, six months, year to date, one year, three year, and five year. So look at its performance and see if you think, oh, that's funny. It had two years where it lost a lot of money. And then this year it made a lot of money. I don't know. You may be a little cautious and say, well, I don't want to be in those two years. Which brings another point. I'm glad I'm doing this, seriously. Cash is a good thing. So I'm talking about what's wrong with cash. You know, cash is that you're giving it to the bank and getting nothing good. But the other hand, it doesn't go down. It may go down a little in value, which we could talk about inflation. But you put in $100 and you look later on, you got 100 You don't have 80 
You can put money in the market. You put in 100, the next day you have 80. That's not good. So rule of thumb, don't put any money in the so-called stock market that you need. I don't know. Just don't. I'd say at least three years because then you're not going to worry. I believe over three years, and I'm not telling you what to do. I'm just telling you my theory. The reality is over three years, the market is structured to go up. But it has its moments of going down, and the reason you don't want to do that is because guess what? When you're down 20%, should you buy or sell? The answer, you should buy because it's on sale. But what do people do when it's down 20%? They sell. And who buys it? The rich people because they go, oh, my God. You know, like my mother told me, 20% off is the Goyams discount. But in the stock market, 20% off is pretty good. If you get Amazon ever to go down 20%, Apple down 20%, that's definitely worth getting because it doesn't go much down below that. You get it. If it's up 20%, you still might buy it because you just think, I'm investing for the long term. But the main point is markets go up and down, and you don't want to get too nervous about your investments. That's why Susie Orman says dollar cost average the really nice thing is you develop an account that, whatever, you put in $10 a month, you put in $20 a month, whatever you can afford, you'll be surprised over 10 and 15 and 20 years that consistent putting the money in when the market goes down, you're buying more shares. When the market goes up, you're making more money. So that's the value of just every month you just have like a regular deposit plan, which a lot of them will allow you to do. All right, now... What started going on, though, of course, is everything about capitalism is fraud and theft. Yes, I know that. So if you're going to invest, you're investing in the fraud and theft market, but you can still make money at it because it's a rigged game. But let me explain some of the tricks that are going on. The first thing going on is all these people that go on the stock shows, which I watch, by the way on CNBC, I believe. I like it. And they talk about investments and why they're buying this and why. Understand they're pitching their own investments. Now, they've made a lot of progress. I'm going to get to the short squeeze. I'm almost there. But this is the context in which you're going to understand why there's this big rebellion. So the first thing going on is that when they say, I bought this and I bought that, they're encouraging you to do the same, and then if you do, the stock will go up, right? So some of these people are very smart, and I actually take their advice, but I make my own independent assessment. But if you imagine Charles Schwab is still making money off your investment, obviously. If you could please play some music. I'll be right back, folks. Here comes the sun, little Here comes the sun, I say. So, hey, everybody, this is Eric Mann. I'm back on Voices from the Frontlines. This is your anti-imperialist stock advisor. I'm not advising you, your anti-imperialist stock analyst. I'm mainly advising you to give money to KPFK at 90.7 FM in Los Angeles, calling 818-985-5735. I mean, this discussion of money is very serious. Just to tell you, you know, I run a nonprofit, right? And 
When I started being a revolutionary, about the last thing I thought I would be as a director of a nonprofit, but I've always understood money to be a relevant thing. I mean, you have rent. As we know, during COVID, people are losing their homes. You have a job. It matters. Unions fight over money. They want higher wages. And they say, oh, you're being a capitalist. Well, not really. I just would like enough money to live. So money is important. Learning how to manage money is very important. And I'm not an anarchist, or even I think anarchists could think it's good to learn how to manage your money. But KPFK is in a constant dilemma. One, its listenership is getting older, folks. We grew up on radio. The present generation does not. It doesn't mean we're not trying to pick up people that are going to listen to the podcast, which is why Voices from the Frontlines is available on SoundCloud. It is on Apple because we want people to listen to it as a podcast. It's also streaming live on the web. You know that. So that's another way. But it's also on Voices from the Frontlines. So you can get at midnight, like me, if you have your second insomnia, you can go up and listen to Voices for an hour. So we are trying to have a very multi-generational audience, but let's still be right that a lot of us who grew up on KPFK are growing up. So all the more reason that those of us who have any money need to contribute to the station. I won't bring you into all the stuff going on at the station, folks, but it's an endless struggle. 90% of the underlying problems at the station are about money fights over money, and, you know, the less money you have, the more fights you have. I think Annual Fields is just a great general manager, and it's heartbreaking somewhat. And as a black man, by the way, is irrelevant and an excellent manager. I don't know how he does it, and I don't know how he constantly deals with the stress, but 818-985-5735, if you respect Daniel's work, you respect mine, Send $100 in or more. I'd like to send you a copy of my book, Playbook for Progressives, The 16 Qualities of the Successful Organizer, which I think, you know, it mainly compares to Saul Alinsky's Rules for Radicals. And I think my book is better. I think it's much more anti-racist and anti-imperialist. And in Rules for Radicals, the only character is Saul Alinsky, and he's done everything right. And in my book... There's hundreds of characters, mainly black and Latino, and I'm in there, and I do a lot of good things good in my book, but I'm also the main person. If I want to expose a problem, I tell a story about myself. I tell stories of my mistakes, my weaknesses, my arrogance, because it's the nature of organizing is you're a person. You bring everything. You bring your strengths. You bring your weaknesses, and if I don't expose my own mistakes— who will? I don't want to use my book to talk about other people's mistakes. I choose to describe my own. So 818-985-5735. Also, it really is a self-help book because, you know, being a, like good qualities, uh, joining a group and being an active member, being a good listener, being relentless and will not take no for an answer, fighting to win. In terms of the job description, being a foot soldier. Just going out and doing the job, you know. So a lot of people today, and yes, especially, I'm sorry, some young people who are not great at doing the job, you know. And I'm sorry, you know, back in the day when we were growing up, but really, if you work for General Motors, you do the job. And uh, just being a dependable person is so important. 
So what I'm getting to is my book is a lot about character. It's a lot about ethics as well as strategy and tactic. It's a real good self-help book, and it's also inspiring because I've had a pretty exciting life so far, and I've been hanging around with great people doing great things. It's a real uplifting book, just like me. So 818-985-5735. Give $100 to KPFK. Make Anyo happy. Make Eric happy. And you also get a book that'll make you happy. You can't beat that, okay? 818-985-5735. I'm about to squeeze your shorts. Actually, I'm about to squeeze Wall Street's shorts, which we're going to get to. So I explained a little about how the market works. I explained that there are companies that you can go on and you can buy stocks. Now, I mainly started with the funds, right? I reviewed John Bogle and the mutual funds, the reduction in fees. And then Schwab came along and did some great things. They became what's called the first discount broker. It used to cost a lot of money to buy a fund, which is they made money, and a lot of money to make a trade. So here's what happened. There would usually be one fee to make a trade. So here's the deal. Let's say you're a millionaire. Uh, you want to buy $500,000 of Apple. Apple's right now about $120, so I'll use Apple. So you want to buy $500,000 of Apple, but that is one trade. You just put in, I want 500000 and you agree to play, a, let's say, $125 a share. And obviously, that comes up to, you know, over $600,000. But the fee is only $100. But then you want to buy one share of Apple, and it's 120 The fee is still $100. So obviously, you can't afford to buy. That means it's going to charge you $220 to buy that share of Apple. You get it? And that means until Apple gets to be $220, you have lost money before you started. So you can't do that. So Schwab, they reduced the fee to $29.95, which was great. That was much less than anybody else. But still, it pushed you into wanting to certainly buy, even if you bought $1,000 worth of one stock in one trade, you're basically paying 3%. You get $30 out of 1000 that's still high. You get it. Because that means you're losing 3% before you even break even. Then Schwab dropped it down to $5.95, which is terrific. Really terrific. Still, if you want to buy one share of Apple, you pay 130 and then you pay the 6 So you're paying $136, and then you still have to wait. So obviously, you're not going to buy one. You're going to wait until you buy it. You get it. So then along came Robinhood. Robinhood is a stock broker company that I need to know more about, but it's making it very easy for young people and everybody. It's apparently a very good app that I should look at, and you can just buy a stock real simple on your phone. And they were the first one to charge no fees. So there's a stock called Zynga. That's a game stock. It's about $9, $10. You can buy it for $9. No fee. You want to buy Apple for $100? You can buy Apple for $120. Um, you can buy one share of anything. You can buy a $50. And now they're even doing slices, which we'll come back to later. So what happened? Millions and millions of new people got involved in buying stocks, mainly young people. And Robinhood is very geared to the social media and to the young people and all the different 
generations YZ and whatever. Also, the young people have strong opinions. So, for instance, they have bid up Tesla and Bitcoin. Why? Because they believe in it. They have bid up um, every kind of uh, solar company. They they believe in socially responsible investments. They don't buy Exxon. They don't buy Exxon Mobil. They don't buy oil companies. They invest in, like I said, TAN is a good thing to look at, T-A-N. It's an ETF of all the solar companies. It's a very interesting investment. I urge you to at least look at it, see if you think it's interesting to you. So that's where they put their money, and guess what? Those stocks went up. Nobody got upset about that. They kept, now they call them on the radio show the retail investor. That's like code for the stupid people like you and me, we, you know, as opposed to, I guess, the wholesale investor like these big investment companies. So, so far, everybody was saying nice things about the retail investor. But now I'm going to take you to the concept of the hedge fund and the idea of uh, short selling. What a hedge fund says is that I'm able to do sort of what's a, what do you call it, a high-low or a long-short fund. This is Eric Mann. You're on KPFK 90.7 FM in Los Angeles. And you're going to please call 818-985-5735. I am making you so much money, darling. The least you could do is buy my book. You don't have to buy the book. Just pay $100 and go to KPFK 90.7. You get the book for free. I'm not making you any money. You got that? Seriously. I'm explaining to you about the stock market. So a short seller is somebody who essentially bets that the stock can go down instead of up. They make money if the stock goes down. They lose money if the stock goes up. Now, they do it in a way that I need to know more about, but basically it's called option trading. And it's also margin trading, which I'll get to. But an option means that in ways I don't exactly understand, you can buy, let's say right now, I'll just say Apple is at 100. They are buying essentially a put that says, if Apple goes down to 90, I will make money because I bought it at 100. And under some trick bag, they get to sell it at 90 and keep the profit. If it goes down to 80, they do it again. So they're buying it high and they're selling it low, but then they make, as it goes down, they make more money. Now, because they didn't pay the full price for it. That's the point. But if it goes up, they are obligated to buy the shares that they essentially bought on the installment plan, which means that if they assumed it was going to go down, meaning they were shorting it, and it goes up, they're okay. But if it goes up a lot, they have to pay back the stock at the price it is right now. So what do they do? They are forced to buy the stock that they didn't want to go up. And in buying it, more people are buying it, which sends the price up higher, which means more people who so-called shorted the stock, they have to jump in. So sometimes when, let's say, a stock is doing pretty well and all of a sudden it goes up 7%, the commentator says, aha, they squeezed the shorts, which I always find an interesting expression, meaning the short sellers got squeezed and they had to buy the stock along with you buying the stock who thought it was going to go up 
So the people who thought it was going to go down and the people who thought it was going to go up all bought the stock, which means if there's more buyers than sellers, the stock goes up. If there's more sellers than buyers, the stock goes down. So we now come back to Robinhood and Reddit. Reddit is a, a I only went on once that I haven't spent enough time on this on the site. It's apparently a chat site. It also has an investment club inside of it made up of a lot of young people. And they came up with something very interesting, which is they found a stock called GameStop. GameStop is a brick and mortar, has very little, it, it sells video games. But most people, especially during COVID, are losing, uh, don't go out. They don't buy video games at GameStop. They buy it online. So GameStop is doing bad. The stock is going nowhere. So a lot of these brilliant hedge funds, gee, Eric, it took you 39 minutes, but yes, I'm getting you here. The hedge funds had all piled in to GameStop going down. Somehow there was what's called 103% short interest. I have no idea how it's possible. It means more than 100% of the stock, everybody was betting that it went down. And there are ways that the these young insurgents have been able to find that out. So they said, hey, everybody, everybody pile into GameStop. And because all these people, all the rich people are short, then watch, the stock's going to go up. And the more you buy, the more the people that invest in it short are going to have to buy. You're going to squeeze their shorts. They're going to keep buying. You're going to keep buying. They're going to have to keep buying. You're going to keep buying. And we're just going to drive this thing into the moon. And they did. It went up one day 70%. The next day, 60%. Folks, if you make 6 7% in the market in a year, you did fine. If you make 8% in a year, if you make 10% or 12% or 20%, you did great. If you make 20% in a day on a stock, you could say you did great, but we're going to come to that in a minute. So picture the stock went up 40%, 50%, and then you go back on Reddit and they're saying, all right, everybody, so-and-so still owns it. Let's make sure that we all buy some more today. And it went up again. It went up like 500%, 1,000%. And so if you put in $1,000 and it went up 1,000%, I never do the math good on the, on the radio, but I'll say that's a million dollars. And if I'm wrong, it's a lot more than $1,000. But here's the problem. Eventually, you run out of buyers. Eventually, somebody... Like somebody bought it at fifty, somebody bought it at hundred, somebody bought it at two fifty, somebody bought it at five fifty. Now, when you're buying at five fifty, and it began at fifty, you're taking the chance that's going to go to a what six hundred, seven hundred, eight hundred, and then it did. So somebody says, "Oh my God, I was afraid I was going to buy it at five hundred, but I couldn't have gone up again." Hey, it's up to eight hundred. All right, jump in eight hundred. It's at a thousand. Oh, I should have bought it. It's going to go to 2000 and then you're the one in the musical chairs who got stuck because the person who bought it at 50 sold some of it at 500 some of it at 700 They probably got out at 800 They made a ton, but you bought it at 800 You bought it at 1000 
and now I don't know the number, but it went down, God, it went down 50% today. So if you bought it, let's say at a thousand, I'm just picking an abstract number, and you bought it at a thousand dollars a share, and you bought ten just ten shares for ten thousand dollars. In three hours, you lost five thousand dollars today. But here's where the hypocrisy comes in. Robinhood, eight one eight nine eight five five seven three five. You're on Eric Mann at KPFK. Please call the station and make a contribution. And for $100, you get my book, Playbook for Progressives, The 16 Qualities of a Successful Organizer. Now, KPFK cannot afford to certainly speculate in the stock market. KPFK is always hanging by a thread. I I wish I had a lot of money to give to KPFK. I do. I mean, like a lot, a lot of money. And if some of you, by the way, anybody here who was on GameStop on the way down, on the way up, and made some money, please call 818-985-5735 and say, I'm actually giving $1,000 for Eric Mann because he explained it really good, and I made my money, and I want to buy Playbook. And why give 100 when I made all the money in the market? I'm gonna, I'll give $1,000 to KPFK, 818-985-5735. The problem with a Ponzi scheme, of course, is whoever gets in last is most vulnerable, but you never know when you're going to get in last. But there's nothing wrong with that. People took a risk with their money. They knew what they were doing. Nobody, nobody's mad about it. If you, I mean, I know the people who bought it at thousand went down to five. Some people are kicking themselves, and other people took their five thousand and they're buying something else because they're. Some of them are getting yes, their COVID check, and some of them are getting it's their money. But you should hear the stock market leaders going crazy. This is disgusting. Um, these young people, they're going to bankrupt the, the the pension plans. What about our firemen? What about our, our motherhood and, and apple pie? And what are they doing? They have no right to do this. They're trying to get very rich very fast. That's not right. That's Why not? Your whole show is about getting rich very fast. Some people got very rich, some very fast. And some people got lost some money very fast. And it's their money. I've lost money in investing, and I've learned from that. It's very painful. But one thing I'll, t- you know, see, the difference is, just take this in. If you're making a speculative investment, then don't leave your computer screen. <laughs> if it's up to 700 and you paid 500 for it, you better have a stop in there, and it's going to probably go right to the stop. But no, don't go home and wake up the next morning. This is the type of stuff you have to stay on. If you're a long-term investor, just put your money there and leave it alone and, you know, it'll do fine. So they did nothing wrong. They risked their money and some people made it and some people didn't. So check this out. Robinhood, which, again, I don't know all the details because, you know, it's a profit-making company. Under the stock laws, they still have to have money behind all these trades. So if people bought something what's called on margin, which means they didn't even have all the money in their account, they were allowed to do this, and then it goes down. If too many other things go down, somehow Robinhood is accountable. So Robinhood, in the middle of all this stuff going up, paused the trading. And they 
didn't say I'm doing it to prevent you from losing your money. They said, I'm doing it because I don't have enough money in my bank account in case you all lose this money. I'm the one who's going to be holding the bag. Well, all of a sudden, the Reddit revolutionaries went ballistic. This is fascism, and many of them are fascists. AOC even said, this is wrong. This is wrong. Uh, Yeah, it is wrong. It's not the biggest thing in the world. But these people are trying to take down Wall Street, and you won't let them. Well, yes and no. It is wrong. Let's put it this way. It is wrong, and they're all going to correct it now because Robin Hood just went out and got $3 billion so that it has enough money in reserve. And other companies are saying, don't come to me. I'll never stop your trades. So this momentary blip created an outrage because somebody who saw Reddit, uh, who saw GameStop, and they're also doing the AMC theaters because nobody's going to the theaters. So everybody was shorting those stocks, and they way went up. I had a chance to buy GameStop at 800. It went to 1,000, and you took away my right to make that money. Okay, fair enough. But no, for these people, this is the cause. Now that Trump has lost, this is their latest, greatest cause. And they're ready to march on Wall Street for their right to speculate, which they have the right to do. You get, I'm on their side. I'm in the United Front with them that the brokerage houses have no right to stop your investments in speculative securities. You get that? You have the right to do it. I support that. And yes, I think the the brokerage houses had no right to stop your investment. But there's a couple of hundred thousand homeless people in LA. There's there's a million black people in prison. There's other causes that are much more upsetting to me. But what's interesting is how they picked up on let's do Occupy Wall Street 2.0. And a lot of the same white kids who wanted to occupy Wall Street and never gave a damn about black people, because I was there. These white kids who are about, it's about money. It's about money. It's not about the environment, really. It's not about women. It's not about, it's about money and how the rich and the 1% and the 99%, a lot of those jokers are marching with them too. Get it? So what do we think? White people are generally angry about whatever they're angry about. White people are going to march about whatever they think is important because they're not really in any trouble, unlike black people who can just barely walk to work without being in trouble. So now you've got this confluence of the white occupied kids and the, and the right occupied new ones who are all going to march against Robin Hood because they couldn't speculate on GameStop. Pretty pathetic, if you ask me. The only thing more pathetic is the commentators on Siemens BC were acting like, uh, what do you mean you're going to get rid of 8-Track? What do you mean you're going to, no, you can't do that. I'm the expert at 8-Track. Yeah, yeah, people don't agree with your theories. Your theories don't work. They're buying Bitcoin, and Bitcoin is going up. You're the ones who told us Tesla's going to crash. Tesla's going to crash. Don't buy Tesla. Don't buy Tesla. It's not making any money. Okay, it is making money now. But it's not going to keep making money. Yes, it is going to keep making money. No, no, buy General Motors. It's better because it's going into electric cars. No, no. Some people think just keep buying Tesla. But they're always, these are the people who have an investment in telling you about your investments. 
and the young people of all ages, including me, who are making their own investments are making better investments because you've been giving us old investment advice and the world is changing. The world is changing whether you like it or not. Uber, which has to be organized, and I'm supporting Uber and Lyft drivers who want to organize. I'll be working. Thanks, Mark Masaoka, for reaching out, and Peter Olney. And, uh, but the Lyft drivers and the Uber drivers are part of the wave of the future because this is going to be a positive piece of an, of an overall change. And I agree with Channing Martinez, but you get Airbnb. There's a lot of things that are breaking new paradigms. And just like we used to buy Ross and Amazon and FedEx, people are now buying whatever the hell they want to buy. And that has shaken up the market because the so-called retail investor, they even call them mom and pop. That's pretty disgusting. Or Joe and Flo. They got, you know, a million caricatures. These young people are very smart. They are figuring out how the market works. And they're seeing how it's rigged. And they're jujitsuing the market. On that, I completely support what they're doing. You get it? I don't like their ideology. I don't like, no, I don't think this is a great crusade. I don't like that a lot of so-called progressive white people are all swept up in this, like this is the greatest new cause. No, it's not. It's a cause. It, it's, you know, it's not on my list of things to worry about or fight about, but I am on their side. You get it? Okay, that's enough. Black power, let's get $25 million of new funding into black schools at the LASPD, at the, take it away from the LASPD and give it to black communities. And let's give our money to KPFK, 818-985-5735. There's only three minutes left. Uh, we used to know, you know, in the back room what's going on. We don't anymore. It's going into a service that's taking you. But please call in. This is Eric Mann. You're on Voices from the Front Lines. I walked you through the whole stock market pretty good. 818-985-5735. Don't pull your shorts. Don't short your shorts. Give money to KPFK. 818-985-5735. Invest your money in listener-sponsored radio. He's Eric Mann. I'm running out of words. And D'Angelo Jones, thanks a lot for your help. I appreciate everything you do for us. Uh, I come into a lonely studio. You're the only human being I see, and I really appreciate it. I do. I'm so glad you're there. Otherwise, I would be losing a little bit. Uh, all right, folks, we're going to play Nia Simone. She'll do it my way, and as it's going out, I'll just keep repeating 818-985-5735. Thanks. Very nice to be with you. It helped me explain the stuff, and I'll see you next Tuesday. Get a copy of my book, Playbook for Progressives, The 16 Qualities. Thank you. Bye, everybody. This is Eric Mann. You're on Voices from the Frontlines. 90.7 FM, KPFK. Call 818-985-5735. I contribute to this station. Thanks a lot. A life that's full of travel each and every highway.
and more, much more than this, I did it my way. I've had a few, but then again, too few to mention. I did what I had to do and saw it through without exemption. I planned each chart of course, each careful footstep alone. Yeah, oh, much more than this, I made it my way. Yes, there were times. 